0: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. This is Breakfast with Kent. Thanksgiving is a day for, well, giving thanks, and that's what we're going to do today. Uh, Hard knocks, better. Colts, improving. Pacers don't have LeBron. Indiana's defense has improved. We're going to give thanks to a lot of things. Matt Painter is an ordinary guy. The Pacers, they have a real coach again. We'll talk about all of that. First, I want to alert you to this. It's Turkey Day. Not just here, but at mybookie.ag. And my bookie gives you plenty of reasons to be thankful, starting with a $250 risk-free bet this afternoon. When the Cowboys host the Raiders. Bet the spread between the Raiders and the Cowboys at MyBookie. When you win, you win. And if you don't, MyBookie will refund you up to 250 bucks. Simply put, you cannot lose this bet. And that's what I call no risk, all gravy. Before you get your wager in, set yourself up for success by doubling your first deposit when using the promo code Sterling at MyBookie. That's promo code Kent Sterling to double your initial deposit all the way up to a thousand bucks so you won't need to break the wishbone to come out ahead. Feast Rick risk free on Turkey Day with my bookie and make sure to stick around for seconds as you gear up for what should be a fun Black Friday with tons of odds boosts that will have your belly and your pockets full. Bet anything, anywhere, anytime with my bookie. All right, let's give thanks. I'm going to give thanks to the producers of Hard Knocks for listening and and pivoting its coverage of the Indianapolis Colts. I thought last night's episode was really interesting. I liked it. There was a lot of football, and there was a little... When they diverted from football, I was cool with it. The defensive lineman dinner where Grover Stewart cooked, that was good. The running backs dinner where uh, Naheem Hines was all Naheem Hines. Naheem, Naheem Hines is such a good dude. He spends more time asking people questions than answering them when he deals with the media. I like Naheem Hines a lot, and and you've got a real sense of kind of who he is in last night's episode. Same thing with DeForest Buckner. I thought it was neat hearing Frank Reich talk to Steve Tasker and Bruce Smith about that sort of camaraderie, the familial aspect of the Buffalo Bills teams of the late 80s and early 90s, And how the Colts kind of feel like that right now to Frank Reich. I thought that that was really interesting. And and because that's the cool thing of sports, right? That is that feeling. And that's the cool thing of getting back together with guys, right? On Sunday afternoon, um, you know, Robert Mathis is going to go into the Ring of Honor, and a lot of people who played with Robert Mathis are going to be around for that ceremony. And when they look each other in the eye, they're going to have that same sense of of shared value and, and shared experience that they had when they played. And that's the cool thing. When when you get back together with teammates, regardless of the level, whether it's high school, college, pro, whatever, and you lock eyes, it's just like you did when you were in the locker room getting ready to compete together. And, and that's a wonderful aspect of sports that I thought Hard Knocks really captured well last night. And so I'm I've pivoted, I get it the first episode it's kind of about you know exposing us to who people are. Second episode is sort of taking that contextual information and bringing it into football. I get all that i'd rather just gotten to the football because I know these guys to an extent to the extent that the media gets to know these guys, we know these guys, and judging from what we see during hard knocks. We do know these guys a little bit. Uh, I'm also thankful for I use defense under Mike Woodson. It's just different. It's like the players care from possession to possession. They take pride in their defense every single time the opponent possesses the ball. Evidence of this has been seen the last two games. Granted, they were against Louisiana and against Jackson State, but Indiana held those two teams to 26 of 131 shooting the basketball. And that included like three of the last four shots that Jack- Jackson State took. So this is a team, Indiana, that's taking pride in defense. And that's kind of rare in college basketball. But I think it's a great separator for teams that want to be good or, or kind of play it, wanting to be good and teams that really want to be good. College basketball games are one on the defensive end of the floor in a lot of cases. And Indiana is playing really, really good defense. Um, And there are no individual agendas, it seems, for Indiana. In the past, under Archie Miller and late teams in the Tom Crean era, you kind of had guys shooting the basketball, trying to fill the stat sheet, or at least that's the way it looked. It looked like you had five disparate parts Occupying the court at the same time, instead of, you know, one collective part working to, to generate buckets and keep the other team from generating buckets. This Indiana team looks more like that than it does like this. And I'm thankful for that, because watching Indiana like this, like some teams, I don't care, right? If you watch, let's say, Texas, or you watch uh, Florida, and they're like this, I don't give a damn. You know what? It's not beautiful basketball, but I don't ask for beautiful basketball from those programs. UNLV, USC, I don't care. Indiana, I want to see Indiana like this. And this season, so far, through five wins, that's what we've seen. Now, they're going to be tested. They've got Marshall. That came on Saturday night. That's not going to be much of a test. But Tuesday, at Syracuse, that's going to be a test. Notre Dame in the Crossroads Classic, that's going to be a test. Nebraska, eh. Wisconsin, at Madison, that's going to be a test. And under that kind of stress, a lot of times we see teams kind of flake out. I want to see them come more tightly together. I want to see that. Uh, I'm really thankful that LeBron James is not an Indiana Pacer. This might be the least classy superstar in the history of the NBA. I don't know when class took a holiday in our society but it certainly has for those people who wear LeBron James jerseys to Pacers games. LeBron James, as well as he plays, as magnificent a basketball player as he is, he is is exactly the inverse in terms of class and comportment. Last night, his his odd dances and then the breaking of the backs over, over his thighs. It was just awful. And Quinn Buckner on the TV broadcast last night on Belly Sports was exactly right to point it out. I thought it was terrible. I thought it was an embarrassment to the league, and I wish the league would come down on guys. You know, the NFL and college football, too, they've got taunting, right? And, and like, I'm an anti-taunting rule guy. But this is just pathetic. And then, I don't know, somebody, a couple of people in the front row are kind of riding LeBron a little bit, I guess. LeBron grabs an official, points him out, and has him kicked out of the arena. Has him kicked out of GameBridge Fieldhouse. What is that? How about just play the damn game? And I don't know what these people did. Maybe they did something atrocious. Maybe they said a horrible word. I don't know. I thought that if it was innocuous... If I thought the woman was kind of funny because when the usher sort of was escorting her out, she went, I thought that that was kind of funny. I don't know whether that's the classiest thing ever. LeBron was upset. You know what? I was upset with LeBron. If they use terrible language and we know what word I'm talking about, that's awful and repugnant and they deserve to be run. If not... You know, LeBron, grow a thicker skin and and be somebody. Instead of provoking fans with your idiotic behavior, how about just allow your play to do the talking? 39 points last night in that overtime win for the Lakers over the Pacers. He was unbelievably good and then alternately unbelievably bad. I want to thank Indiana football. Because last year during COVID, Indiana football gave us eight weeks and really longer than that because of the run-up to the the bowl game. So really about two and a half months, three months of a diversion. It was wonderful to see Indiana football compete at a high level in the Big Ten East. The only regular season game that they lost was to Ohio State and there's no shame in that. They went 6-1 and in the regular season and then lost in the bowl to Ole Miss. You know what? That's a nice year, and it kept our minds off of more dire circumstances, gave us something else to care about. That was good. They reverted to the norm, receded to the mean, right, this year. But that doesn't negate what they did for us last year. That was very nice, and I'll always be appreciative of that, regardless of what they do this year. If they wind up 2-10 and, and and lose the bucket game, that's the way it goes. We've gotten over worse. I was there in 1984 when that team didn't win a game. They went 0-11. That's just the way it goes. Uh, <clears throat> want to be thankful, express thanks to Matt Painter for being the most ordinary guy in the history of coaching. Right? Among all college basketball coaches, there is no more ordinary guy than Matt Painter. And just a, a wonderful dude to sit and talk basketball with. Uh, very funny, normal Is it any wonder he's been able to put together a really, really good roster of people who seem to play for him? You know, if you're honest, if you're authentic, if you're genuine, that's the result. You get guys who are willing to ball out for you. I want to thank, most of them are gone now. Jim Morris is still alive, so that's a nice thing. But the city guys in Indianapolis and the county guys, Indianapolis, Marion County, they got together in 1970 and they passed UNIGOV. Unigov is the consolidation of Marion County's government and the city of Indianapolis's government. We take this for granted because it happened 51 years ago. Right? But in the city of St. Louis, they still have disparate governments all fighting among each other for, you know, money in in most cases. And in India, Indianapolis has no agenda other than to to work with companies to provide a host ground for them to do their best work. And so we wind up with the Pacers. We wind up with the Colts. While the city of St. Louis lost the Cardinals and then lost the Rams. They won, St. Louis did, uh, uh, an arbitration for $790 million to cover their losses as the Rams left St. Louis and went to Los Angeles. They're going to fight over that and they're not going to make the most of it because that government, the the structure of the government in St. Louis, St. Louis City and St. Louis County, fosters an environment where, uh, I'm not going to say criminality, but um, agendas that are not whole for the, the community exist. And that's no good. And, and so St. Louis... Loses teams as the Colts maintain teams and have teams that thrive and build them a new arena, build them a new stadium. And Indianapolis has become what it's become in large part because of the vision of Richard Luger, of Jim Morris, of others who back in the day said, you know what, we don't need this. We don't need this source of acrimony. Let's get rid of it. Let's do everything we can. To build a very, very business-friendly and sports-franchise-friendly city. And they've done that. And I'm thankful for that. Um, I want to thank the Pacers for coming to their senses and hiring a real coach. Nate Bjorkman. What was Kevin Pritchard thinking? You know what? When you make a mistake, recognize the mistake, correct the mistake. Kevin Pritchard did that. and, And that's a good thing. Tomorrow, today, big day of sports, but nothing Indianapolis based. Uh, Tomorrow, things going on. uh, Pacers with another game. Then Saturday, Indiana basketball plays the bucket game. We've got the Colts on Sunday hosting Tom Brady and the Bucks. I can't help it. I get on two uh, kind of stratas. I'm conflicted about Tom Brady. I hate Tom Brady. Right, I, I don't like anything about him on one hand. On the other hand, I really admire Tom Brady. Tom Brady's kind of a stand-up guy. I love the speech he gave at Michigan to the current players there. That's kind of a, a YouTube staple for sports fans. There's a lot to like about Tom Brady. There's a lot to really not like about Tom Brady. I think he is the, for Colts fans, the most detestable and the most admirable opponent at the same time. And that's kind of weird. Let's celebrate some birthdays on this Thanksgiving. Uh, Jack, Jacqueline Seeley, no relation to the great Jack Seely celebrating her birthday. Polly Rydell, Sherry Cockerell, happy birthday the great Ronnie Jackson. Happy birthday the great Jed Duvall, former program director at WIBC. The great Jared Jeffries, Hoosier, to his core, a uh, Final Four participant, championship game participant in 2002. Johnny Marisek, happy birthday. The great Paul Page, happy birthday. Steve Olster, happy birthday. And the great Tom Brew, happy birthday. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, eat until you bust. Enjoy football. Hopefully the Bears can find a way to win and get people off. Matt Nagy's back for a day. Wouldn't that be nice for him? He's going to get fired. You know he's going to get fired. Of course he's going to get fired. Anyway, we'll be back tomorrow. Breakfast with Kent. And then tomorrow afternoon, we talk to Ivan O'Idle, who is on a run over the last three weeks. He is 20-5, picking winners for investors. That's serious. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great Thanksgiving. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?